You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Breaking news here? I think we do. Uh, RFK Jr. just announced he's, uh, I think he's in Philadelphia, announced that he is running, yes, in Philadelphia, told a crowd of supporters, quote, I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate for president of the United States. Now, uh, that's no surprise. There have been rumors the last few days. I, um, unfortunately... I think this hurts Donald Trump more than hurts Joe Biden. I'll explain why. Uh, RFK was an interesting candidate, obviously a lifetime, lifelong Democrat. Uh, it was it was fascinating to me watching the mainstream media try to destroy a Kennedy, <laughs> and watching the Democrat Party box him out of everything. He wasn't uh, he wouldn't uh, get a debate, couldn't get a debate with Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden denied him Secret Service protection which is real sinister stuff, man. But uh, so RFK, he's, uh, he's done a million interviews with uh, Fox News and Newsmax, and he's, he's been on podcasts. He can't get on MSNBC or CNN. They have blackballed him because he's a threat to their guy, and he, was, he, he would attack their guy when he was a Democrat. Now that he's in, an independent, they will probably put him on the air Here's the problem if you're a Republican or if you're a Trump supporter, if you just want to stop Joe Biden, that's my take. That's where I come from. I want to win. I want to defeat the incumbent president or whoever runs for the Democrats and stop this insanity in this country. RFK Jr. actually had independent thoughts. You don't get those from Democrats these days. That's why he didn't fit in with the Democrats, because they don't allow independent thoughts they don't allow people to step out of line. They will never oust a speaker. They will never have a motion to vacate. They do what they're told. We saw it when Pelosi was speaker. She ruled with an iron fist, and they didn't say boo. You see it every day with the support of the endless war in Ukraine. You have real uh, alleged liberals. Hell, you have Bernie Sanders, Liz Warren, AOC, that are 100% support of the war in Ukraine. They don't want it to end. They supported sending cluster bombs. They support sending F-16s. Liberals used to, I don't know, be against war. <laughs> it used to be a thing, you know? They would come out, college kids, hippies, they'd be right here where I am in Boston, they'd be saying, stop war, make love, not war. And now they are all in on this endless war in Ukraine. Um, these people had uh, hated RFK Jr. First of all, because he was against the war. That's what liberals used to do. And he was smart. He has an amazing mind. He remembers things. He doesn't need notes. He doesn't need teleprompters. He could speak. His, his voice is terrible. But to me, for me, I have, uh, I have sympathy for people with uh, vocal issues. So I, uh, I, was fa I would never support him because he's a, a Green New Deal guy and he's a pro-abortion guy. But... I thought it would have been an interesting dynamic to have him debate Joe Biden or just get a chance to tell his story to the world. They denied him that. So now he's going independent. Here's 
why I think he hurts Trump. First of all, there's three big issues in my mind, and he's on, he agrees with Trump on all of them. A, the war, we just went over it. He's against the war. B, he's against an open border. Democrats, they love an open border. They, they're all in on this invasion over the southern border. That's the policy of the current administration. Let everyone in and hope they all vote Democrat in 8, 10, uh, 12 years. Um, and he's against censorship. Joe Biden's the most pro-censorship president we've ever seen. Joe Biden's administration worked with big tech. They still work with big tech. They've been sued. They want to stop people from exercising their First Amendment rights. RFK, he was a victim of it. You know, he'd been blackballed because he was a vaccine skeptic. But those three things, if he were to debate Biden, that's a whole debate right there. The war, the border, censorship. He's on Trump's side on all those things. And here's what you got. Here's, here's the problem for Trump. Is there are people who don't. They would never vote for Biden. And they, you know, they might hold their nose and vote for Trump. Now they can vote for Kennedy. It hurts Trump. And um, I don't know how much. Hell, we don't know. I don't even think Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. So a lot can change over the next 15 months, uh, 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 13 months. But Kennedy gives it uh, gives an alternative to people who just don't like Trump. They might like his policies and they certainly don't agree with Biden on anything. But they just he they, they just have a personal problem with Trump. So they look at Kennedy and you know what it's going to be you know what it's going to be like it's going to be cool. He's going to get the support of people like Bill Maher and uh maybe um uh Joe Rogan. Maybe Joe Rogan decides that he's he can't support Trump and he would never support, support Biden, but it can be cool. I'm an RFK guy. You're going to see a lot of that from people who want to, the world to know they're independent thinkers, that they don't fall in line and they don't support war and they don't support an open border, but they like RFK Jr. And uh, he's got balls. We know that. He's out there campaigning with no Secret Service protection. He's jumping off of cliffs to, to raise money. He's He's fearless. And they respect that. And maybe there'll be other people like, I don't know, Hollywood types who don't like Biden or journalists and maybe the uh, the Matt Taibis and Glenn Greenwalds will gravitate towards RFK. So unfortunately, I think it hurts. It takes some support away from Biden, too. Obviously, any sane Democrat is looking at the policies, looking at the, the border uh, looking at the war and saying, I can't I can't support the guy. I just go oh, looking at his dementia and they will go with RFK Jr. But uh, he will not obviously get to debate. But now he will get more FaceTime, more airtime because our corrupt corporate media will see him more as a uh, uh, as an advantage uh, than a threat to their guy, Joe Biden. But uh, I right, we got to get well, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take calls on that, too, if you want. Just breaking. RFK Jr. will run as an independent. Um, our number is 800-922-6680. We got calls here. Oh, yes, we... Uh, Buster, and I don't remember, I haven't talked to Buster since I don't know how long. Buster is in Santa Cruz. Hey, Buster. Hey, Jerry. Oh, I got yes. both radios. Do I hear all right? My other radio's in the background. You sound great. Okay, great. Um 
Okay, after this, I think uh, Israel just experienced their 9-11. Now, I think we're at the beginning of World War III, and uh, my comment to Biden and this radical left-wing administration and the military-industrial complex is they better get it together because what we're seeing in Israel right now with all this open borders, these terrorists in this country, the way things are going, we could see this happening to us in America. America really needs to embrace, I mean, get it together and realize this. What's your opinion on this, Jerry? I think it's, you make a good point, Buster. Um, here's, what's, uh, here's what we see every day. We see military-aged males coming over the southern border from everywhere, from 100, or whatever, 130, 140 different countries. You think any of them are sympathetic to the cause, to Hamas? Uh, were any of them marching in New York City yesterday, chanting Allah Akbar? The idea that uh that they they were not uh there's not a threat here the possibility of attack on our shore is nuts i mean i think i think they're they're maybe you know maybe they're planning it right now god knows this was a massive intelligence failure in israel could we have one here maybe the fbi is too busy surveilling uh catholic churches or or uh, anti-abortion activists or school committee meetings maybe they're too busy with our domestic threats, you know, white supremacy. And they'll, uh, some of these guys will slip through the cracks. I'll just give you some numbers. This is suspected terrorists caught at the southern border in 2019, zero. 2020, three. 2021, 15. 2022, 98. This year so far, 151 suspected terrorists caught at the southern border. That is utter madness. We are playing with fire. I looked at that yesterday at the terrorists, at the Hamas guys, and said, "There's, there's, there's got to be some of their, some of their uh, compatriots who have come over the southern border, who are in this country now, and are planning some real evil stuff." Um, hopefully, uh, it never happens, or at least not on a large scale. But you're right; it took massive planning between Iran, the uh, Iranians and Hamas to pull this off. Hell, paragliders, little little light aircraft, that's how they came into the country. And our, between the Mossad and us, we couldn't get any information, any intelligence on that. It's embarrassing and it's tragic. And we could just pray to God it doesn't happen here. It is a frightening thought. But uh, do I have time to take a call here? Let's go to Lou in Centerville, Maryland. Hey, Lou. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, you know, I think you're right. I think he will steal votes from Trump, but I think this was the Democratic Party's idea all along. You know, they didn't have any idea who they were going to run against Trump, so now they make a little bit of a, you know, something that's against Biden, it seems, and, you know, seems to like the same things that Trump does and everything. They get him in office, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, he's a Kennedy. so Right, and you know now the ma- the media will give him a platform. They'll talk about you know, whatever his courage, and they'll talk about 
Uh, um, he's against the war. His own son went and fought in Ukraine. So he has some uh, skin in the game in Ukraine. Well, I think that again. Um, well, I think this is just a backhanded way to, you know, keep the control of the White House. I have no doubt. But uh, I still don't know who the candidate's going to be. I would put money on Gavin Newsom. That's going to be tough. I mean, he's a good debater. He's slick. He's he's smart. He's, you know. <laughs> He, I, I, I despise the man, but he's a hell of a lot smarter and more lucid than the uh, guy in the White House right now. So, yeah, but um, I don't think he's smarter and more lucid than um, than Kennedy. No, Kennedy's only problem is, you know, his voice is shaky, and he's got some. I mean, obviously, the pro-vaccine crowd, the Anthony Fauci's, they they hate him. So they'll uh, they'll pull that card out anytime they need to discredit him. But they're not going to do it if they think he'll hurt Trump. That will be the plan. Get him out there, raise his profile, point out how he agrees with Trump on some of the big issues and siphon away some votes for Trump. They need that. They need all the help they can get. Their candidate, at least at this point, their declared candidate, Joe Biden, is pathetic. I don't think Joe Biden is going to decide not to run. I think he's just going to be physically, mentally incapable of running. There's a difference. There's going to be a point where they say this man cannot campaign. He cannot debate. He can't travel. He just can't do it. I mean, we're close to that point now. I don't, pretty soon the deadlines are going to be up on declared candidacies uh, in, in various states and they'll have a problem, but I'm sure they're trying to squeeze him out now. When you see, you know, negative stories popping up, you say that's an effort. When you see um, when you see uh, Gavin Newsom out on the trail, you say, that's the effort. That's right there. Someone is trying to squeeze him out. I have no doubt they're going to keep trying because Joe Biden can't run. He's just not capable of running. All right. Uh, our number is 800 I'm Jerry Callahan in for Rob Carson. We'll be right back. When what we said is we want to depressurize, de-escalate, and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19-month truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. <laughs> Isn't it nice to have adults back in the room? That is Jake Sullivan, your national security advisor. And that is a clip that did not age well. The Middle East is on fire. Breaking news. Uh, Hamas is threatening to execute hostages. Uh, also uh, breaking a ground invasion is imminent. So uh, Israel's going into Gaza, full force tanks, men on the ground, boots on the ground. And Hamas says they're going to execute hostages. Many of them are kids, young adults. Some of them, we believe, are Americans. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse long before it gets better. And uh, I'll be curious to see how many of the uh, Congress people, how many of the squad members go in front of the camera and demand a ceasefire before Israel uh, invades. Um, we told you what they tweeted. A number of congressmen have already appeared on camera, senators, Congress people. I just watched Kevin McCarthy. We'll get to him. You know who hasn't been on camera? <laughs> the commander in chief, our president has one of, you know, one of his comms people, one of the 29 year old uh, blue haired comms people from uh, Smith College. 
they've been tweeting a little bit, just cliches as usual, but uh, nothing from the president. Uh, we have the worst attack on Israel in decades. We have dead Americans. We had, but we believe Americans being held hostage. And our president yesterday called a lid at 1134 and then hosted a barbecue at the White House with a live band. Today, nothing, nothing from the president. Again, that's my point. He's not capable. He's not capable of doing the job, fulfilling the duties of the uh, the commander-in-chief. And he's certainly not capable of uh, hitting the road and campaigning against anybody. I mean, Trump... It doesn't. I mean, Trump is tireless. We know even at his age, he'll be everywhere. He'll be doing rallies. He'll be doing interviews. Joe Biden is going to need something, whether it's COVID or some other kind of emergency. He's going to have to hide. He can't show his face because he can't do it. He's incapable. But you would think they would prop him up. They'd bring in the, you know, the mortician, put the makeup on and put him in front of that teleprompter with the really big letters and have him say, you better not. Uh, harm a hair on the head of the Americans. But how does he do that whenever half his administration supports Hamas, when his, his strongest supporters in Congress support Hamas? He's in a tough spot, and it's just going to get nasty. And there's, I mean, you cannot deny that the $6 billion played a role here. You cannot deny that the turning over, freeing of hostages, giving them back to Iran played a role here. They saw that. That's weakness. You know, that is what that is. That's weakness. I think Trump exaggerates when he says, you know, this would never have happened. I could end that war in 24 hours. I think it would take him longer than 24 hours to end the war in Ukraine. But here's what I know. He would try to end it. He'd make an effort. He would talk to people. He would try to find a way to end it. That you never even hear that suggestion from Joe Biden. You never hear it from any Democrat. All they talk about, if you say we need a ceasefire in Ukraine, they say you're a Putin puppet. You know, you're doing the bidding of the Kremlin. I always ask, what do you think's going to happen? Oh, we're going to win. How does that look? Do you think um, Zelensky's going to be going down uh, Main Street in Kiev with a, with a, in a convertible and the cheering crowds and be throwing confetti? That's not going to happen. Win. What does win look like? It's just going to drag on for for years, which is what, you know, Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, that's what they want. That's what Joe Biden wants. Nobody even suggests it might be a good idea to end this. I think Trump would at least try to end it. And I do think Trump would not have given Iran $6 billion. I do think Trump recognizes that that is an evil regime and you can't talk to evil. You can't. I mean, we're seeing evil pure evil on the screen all weekend. You think you could talk to somebody who shoots a kid in the face? You saw the woman. The, the, you saw the woman who was dragged naked through the, the, the guy on top of her. You think you could talk to him? I don't think so. All right, when we get back, we have a guest I'm looking forward to. Colonel John Mills will join us next.
Uh, John Mills is a retired U.S. Army colonel, the former director of cybersecurity policy at the Department of Defense and author of The War Against the Deep State. And uh, Colonel Mills joins us now on the Newsmax hotline. Hey, Colonel, how are you? Hey, Jerry, an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's good timing, too, because I, you know, I got a lot of thoughts on what's going on in the Middle East, but uh, you know more than I do. What is the ground invasion which is imminent? What is it going to look like? What is, uh, it's, I have a feeling it's going to get really bad before it gets better. Tell us what you think is going to happen in the next couple of days. You, you mean uh, from the Gaza Strip into Israel? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, this is all about uh, Iran throwing a tantrum uh, because of the impending Saudi-Israeli uh, peace accords. Uh, essentially, a number of the, uh, Arab states uh, would like to normalize relationships with Israel, uh, and whether or not the Palestinian issue is resolved or not. Uh, frankly, I think they've had it with the Palestinians. Uh, Iran, so Hamas is a proxy of Iran. Iran is a proxy of China. This was all about um, them trying to mess up and screw up everything so that there would be large-scale violence. What they want is a, a bloody quagmire that... Uh, that uh, uh, ensnares Israel. Uh, so that was the whole purpose of this, this violent uh, foray across the, from the Gaza Strip into Israel that the appears you know, thousands of Israelis have died or been captured or taken hostage. Uh, this, is, this is just about total uh, destruction of the peace accords, and it's also about a total failure of this, uh, the Biden administration to show and exert leadership, and they've been penetrated by so many uh, Iranian uh, agents. We got Rob Malley, who was supposed to be uh, right. leading the JCPOA, and, you know, guess what? You know, it looks like he was uh, bought off and working for Iran. Well, his occupant of the White House was bought off and working for China. Well, let me ask you, Colonel, will it work? Will this scuttle the deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel? Um, I think they will still proceed. I think the Saudis see through this. The Emiratis at UAE see through this. Um, you know, it, this, was, this was just totally, uh, they were able because of the failure of intelligence. And I think part of this is the hostility of the Obama-Biden folks to Israel. They, they spent a lot of their time uh, in the, the original election interference campaign to ensure they spent a lot of U.S. government time and resources, meaning our taxpayers' dollars, to try to ensure uh, Netanyahu did not win elections in Israel. That was the original election interference operation, a dry run for November 2020. So now Biden is kind of showing support, moving an aircraft carrier, kind of saying, yeah, we're behind Israel. Well, they've done everything possible to undermine Netanyahu and feel uh, make Israel feel unwelcome. Uh, but now with this violent, violent census uh, uh, invasion of Hamas, which a lot of, lot of innocent uh, Palestinians are going to die because of this. Right. We don't know uh, exactly how many hostages. We believe there are nine Americans among them. I'm just looking at the, uh, the story from 2006. They had one Israeli soldier hostage, the uh, Hamas did. It took five years to get them out, and it, they had to give up like a thousand um, 
Palestinians. They had to hand them back to Hamas to free one soldier. What's going to happen to the hostages they're holding right now? Are they they're threatening to execute them? Is that what we're going to see? Just a mass execution of these hostages, some of whom are children? Yeah, yeah, it, it's horrible. It's just, it's really disgusting. Is, um, um, you know, there still is probably a lot of the trapped uh, Hamas terrorists inside of Israel. And, you know, there was eight to nine uh, essentially breaches of the, of the wall to get into Israel. Um, very well organized, very well, uh, um, yeah, deliberate walkthroughs and planning. And, uh, so there's, there's probably several dozen places where there's still Hamas terrorists inside of Israel. Mm-hmm. Probably got hostage, hostage situations inside of Israel with these Hamas terrorists. But you also have some that have been taken back to, uh, the Gaza Strip, which is just a labyrinth of tunnels. Uh, underneath, it's going to be extremely messy uh, to try and uh, uh, free those hostages. I mean, I'd say we're, we're looking at uh, potentially several hundred hostages inside, back inside the Gaza Strip, and they have just tunneled that uh, incessantly. Uh, so it, that, that gets very dirty, nasty uh, inside. Um, and a lot of the other, you know, the Palestinians. Are, I mean, they're just going to use Palestinians as human shields among right. terrorists. So uh, a lot of Palestinians are going to perish because of this. But again, everybody, you have to look at Hamas as a proxy of Iran. Iran is a proxy of China. Hold China accountable because that's in the big chess game. That's what's going on. We're speaking to Colonel John Mills. Uh, I got I, I, maybe you can help me with this, Colonel. What's the U.S. supposed to do? They've killed, we believe, at least nine Americans. We believe there are some Americans who are hostage, are uh, being held hostage. How involved, like what will the U.S.'s involvement, what will their role be here? Uh, well, I think, you know, we, we, we are supposed to have a special strong relationship with Israel. Again, the Obama-Biden team has done nothing but poke their fingers in the eye of Netanyahu. Uh, they, want, they want nothing but a left-wing, uh, left-wing regime in Israel. Um, but I, we can provide support. We can provide intelligence. Uh, uh, to really back them up. I mean, right now, the Sayeret Matkal, um, the kind of the Israeli, uh, what we would use the vernacular Delta Force equivalent, is essentially triaging, prioritizing the hostage situations and essentially uh, uh, conducting them on the highest priority basis. Uh, but then there also is planning going on for uh, breaching the walls back into the, uh, you know, what is the strategy? But they know that very well. So we can provide intelligence. Uh, we can provide su- support and sustainment. Uh, we can continue to work uh, and facilitate the Saudi uh, and Emirati uh, peace arrangements with uh, with Israel. And uh, just, just but make it very clear, we need to inflict cost on Iran. We need to inflict cost on China. Because uh, this is what it's all about, and but this, this the Biden team obviously they just don't know how to play hardball like President Trump did with China. Do you know if we can refreeze the six billion dollars? Do they is that done a done deal? They get access to that and they could do what they want with it. I don't know the exact status. I think the challenge is that I mean this 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 murky world of frozen and unfrozen funds. There's there's a small number of banks and. New York and Europe that specialize in this, 
but we, I think, unfortunately, once it's unfrozen, they immediately drain the, connect, uh, the, right. the uh, account and it's gone. But this is why it's so important to be the reserve currency, because being the reserve currency, which China is trying to topple, you can immediately pressure banks. And that is so important, uh, being the reserve currency, because you can turn around to banks and say, yeah, that money we just sent, we want you to refreeze it immediately. Um, that's the power and authority when you are the reserve currency, which the Obama-Biden team seems hell-bent on giving away, just like Carr gave away the Panama Canal and Obama gave away the Internet. Uh, they just seem hell-bent on this. Well, I think the bank that holds, that holds the $6 billion is in Qatar, where also <laughs> the leaders of Hamas are also in Qatar, and they were watching this. There's a disgusting uh, video of them watching it. Uh, the attack in Qatar in some beautiful office on a big screen TV and they cheer and then they pray those so our ally Qatar is uh, not exactly on our side in this fight yeah Qatar uh, it's always been a little bit of an oddball Sunni Muslim they've had their differences with Saudi Arabia very significant differences they are not Shia, but they they have um, they just have a historically good relationship with Iran, uh, and that's that all the other Sunni states are just uh, Iran is the moral enemy. Uh, mm. What's the oddball about Gutter is uh, they have had they've just had been able to develop a, a close relationship with both their Sunni uh, Sunni Islamic uh, uh, states. But also Iran, and they've just been able to um, balance uh, balance that on a knife edge. And yeah, that just this has always been an oddball relationship that has frustrated a lot of the other Sunni states, frustrated America uh, uh, even during the Trump days. Do you uh, think? Gotta, do you think what's well, happening in uh, Israel right now has an effect on uh, Ukraine? Uh, I, I think it is a it is one more distraction. Uh, it's distraction to impeachment proceedings. It's di- this distraction to finding out truth uh, on uh, Hunter and his dad. It's finding out. Uh, I mean, it's it's the, ba- the the game is China. So it's one more distraction. Um, it's a tragedy. It's horrific on a on a on a horrible scale. It represents a set, the weaponization of our intelligence community, where they're looking in the wrong direction, the wrong thing. They've been told to, essentially, they've been given, they've been told to stand down anything that supports Israel, and this is what happens. Oh, that's that's fascinating because when you think about it, Colonel, they took these terrorists, these Hamas terrorists, flew little paragliders over the wall into Israel. And, you know, they're in this silly little, it's like Mad Max. They're up in this little aircraft, and they get their guns in their lap. And I'm saying, I I thought Mossad was all over something like this. I thought our intelligence community knew about things like this. Are you shocked that they were able to pull this off without, is this just the most massive intelligence failure you've ever seen? Well, yeah, yeah. It's for the U.S. intelligence side of the house. Um, it's all about the intelligence priority stack, and every president can kind of reshuffle that stack, and you always apportion your resources in accordance with that priority stack. Mm. And and when Obama, Biden, and his office, they say support to Israel, doesn't make the cut line. Forget about it. Right. And uh, so so they just they this is this is just the, the craven craven. 
uh, um, um, politicized nature of the Obama-Biden folks. And so they just say, okay, Israel, you're a strategic uh, partner, uh, you know, strategic ally, but when Obama-Biden's in, you're not a priority. Uh, on on the Israeli side, yeah, it definitely was was uh, uh, a failure. Uh, but I mean, I think a lot of it, the six billion of cash that Obama Biden released, uh, and also uh, pretty sure this is fast and furious furious on uh, mega steroids here, uh, because I think we're going to find that a lot of the small arms and ammunition came from all the all just the immense stockpiles right. abandoned in Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, all right, I got less than a minute, Colonel. Tell me about War Against the Deep State. Uh, this is my uh, my second book here, and this really talks about the creation of the mass surveillance system uh, in in America that has been weaponized against the American people. Developed in twenty. 20- 2007 to 2014, I was part of the interagency team. It was supposed to protect America from the foreign extremist threat. It's been weaponized against America. So it's about this and also the unlawful fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government that have developed. The fourth is the administrative state. The fifth is the marriage of federal law enforcement, intelligence, and big tech. And the six are just the out-of-control nature of these gargantuan nonprofits, and these have all been weaponized against the American citizen. It also gives the action plan to take them down. This is a follow-on to my first book, uh, The Nation Will Follow, where I, I recount my, uh, my, uh, what I've given to the Durham, gave to the Durham investigation on the coup being waged against candidate Trump and then President Trump. Uh, Excellent. The book is called War Against the Deep State. He is Colonel John Mills. Colonel, thank you so much for your time. Gary, thank you. An honor to be on your show. Excellent. Interesting stuff. Uh, Man, scary stuff. All right. That is Colonel John Mills. I am Jerry Callahan in for Rob Carson. We will be right back. Well, as I told you, I'm sitting here in Boston, and uh, it's a tough time to be from Boston. I told you about my congresswoman, Ayanna Presley, one of the worst, an absolute disgrace to this state, to this country. Uh, she is uh, demanding a ceasefire, of course, like all the squad members. My senator, my senior senator, is uh, the fake Indian, Liz Warren, who is celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day today. What goal? And something I never thought I'd see, we got the worst football team in the NFL. <laughs> Uh, producer Brian's enjoying it, of course. Anyone uh, who's uh, anyone who's not New England is enjoying it. They, I didn't think I'd see the day they'd be this bad. The quarterback is terrible. Offense, defense is decimated by injuries. Uh, statistically, they're at the bottom of the heap in just about every category. They lost by 35 points last week, 34 points this week, the worst loss, the worst two weeks they've had since the 60s. And I have to say, I don't blame the rest of the country for enjoying it because uh, they've been riding high for a long time. I point out, uh, I pointed out on Twitter that uh, Tom Brady ended a lot of uh, sports radio debates. Some of them are just, fa- you know, made up. I did it for years. The the number one topic on sports radio year for years was who's the best quarterback in the league or the best quarterback ever. He put that to bed. Best player ever. He put that to bed. Best draft pick. That's gone too. He's he's all that and more. So you don't get those debates anymore because it's kind of silly. Nobody's going to make a case that Brady's not the best quarterback ever. Of course he is. 
he's just not well he's another debate is going going away quickly too is people would always ask during the rain the 20 year rain you know who's most responsible the coach or the quarterback and it's the nfl those are the two most important people the coach and the quarterback in any dynasty in any championship team uh I would I would always side with Brady, and I have to say, I think I'm right. Uh, the quarterback is gone, the coach is still here, and the team sucks. Uh, the quarterback is the most important person on any team. He's, Patrick Mahomes is more important than Andy Reid. It's it's just a fact. It's it's you don't win without a great quarterback. You just don't in this day and age. He's too important. Uh, they took a quarterback, Mac Jones, in the first round. It appears. Uh, he's he's just not the answer, and uh, somewhere Brady's smiling because he was special. He could win with a mediocre team. He could win with without great receivers, um, and uh, I don't blame the rest of the world, the rest of the country, for just reveling in this because Belichick, he's not a warm and cuddly guy. You can get away with that. He dumps all over the media after every game. You know, he, he does a radio interview. It's terrible. He doesn't have any respect for the media. And when you're winning, that's fine. That's cute. Everyone says, hey, you know, we're on to Cincinnati. Screw you. When you're getting your ass kicked 34 to nothing by the Saints, when you're losing by 35 points to the Cowboys, a team that just got crushed last night in San Francisco, um, it's not so cute anymore. I think it's going to get really nasty if they continue to lose and he continues to just dump all over the media and not answer questions. Um, and I have to say, um, I don't blame you if you're in New York. And by the way, the Jets are a fun team. If you're in New York or uh, Baltimore or wherever, I don't blame you. Have your fun. You deserve it because this team stinks. All right. I'm Jerry Callahan in for Rob Carson. We'll be right back. I don't have a lot of area. I don't have a lot of expertise in this area, but uh, maybe someone can get this answer for me. Has Frank Biden got a lot of action on his photo? He posted a naked photo, seventy-year-old Frank Biden, on a. It says, according to this uh, Twitter account, it's a gay dating site, and there's Frank, buck naked, with his hat and his glasses and his camera. Uh, good looking. I mean, he's, he's unbelievably fit. So maybe he's getting some some response i don't know i'll check but uh, maybe i'll get an answer to that in the uh, next hour uh, we'll get back to the big story we'll get we get the latest breaking news all over the place well the breaking news is continuing to come fast and furiously uh Bet- benjamin Netanyahu will speak later this hour hamas is threatening to start executing hostages they're exchanging fire at the border. 900 Israelis are now dead as the war enters its third day. Uh, nine Americans, at least nine Americans, we believe Americans are being held hostage for this uh, attack, which was financed by, uh, by Iran with money we freed up for them because Joe Biden somehow has a, a soft spot for Iran, Joe Biden and Barack Obama. I'll never understand it. I, I don't, I, I can be honest, I don't uh, grasp every dispute in the Middle East. It's complicated. A lot of times these these feuds go back centuries. Um, but I do know 
that in this conflict right now, one side is intentionally targeting civilians. They're killing children. They're killing young women at a, at a concert, at a music festival. They're going into homes, shooting people dead, innocent civilians, uh, elderly people. They're parading around the corpses, including one poor young woman, dead young woman, naked in the streets of Gaza to cheering crowds. And the other side is targeting uh, terrorists. Are they going to kill civilians? Yes, they are. Because Hamas uses civilians. They use them as, as human shields. They keep uh, their weapons in, in mosques, in homes. So yes, civilians are going to die. But that's all the fault of Hamas. I was curious. As to, I mean, Hamas, the people of Gaza voted for Hamas, which is it's just mind-boggling. I mean, they, they voted for this madness. And I was just curious. It's like, what does Hamas stand for? So I started reading the Hamas Covenant. And it's, it's not that long. It's a, it's a few pages long. You can find it. And they have various uh, insane pronouncements, including this. Quote, the day of judgment will come about. Un- <sighs> well, I'll start over. Uh, the day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight Jews and kill them. Then the Jews will hide behind rocks and trees and the rocks and trees will cry out. Oh, Muslim, there is a Jew hiding behind me. Come and kill him. The enemies have been scheming for a long time and have accumulated huge uh, and influential material wealth. With their money, they took control of the world. With their money, they stirred revolutions. They stood behind the French Revolution, the Communist Revolution. And listen to this. With their money, they formed secret organizations such as the Freemasons, the Rotary Club, and the Lions which are spreading around the world to destroy society and carry out Zionist interest. Okay, that's what the people of Gaza voted for, this madness. There is going to be many, many civilians who are going to die in this, and that's the fault of the guys with the <laughs> flying the Palestinian flag with the, head, with the things wrapped around their heads who flew little paragliders into Israel and shot people who were dancing at a music festival. I'm not really sure where you get sympathy from the, for that. Where does it come from, from someone like AOC or Ayanna Presley or Joe Biden or Lawrence Tribe? Where do, they, where do they find that spot inside them that says, oh, those poor folks, the ones that put a gun in a little kid's face and shot his face off? Because that's what they did two days ago. That's what happened on October 7th. It was, again, the deadliest day for the Jewish people since World War II. That was infuriating. That was maddening to watch it unfold. This, this revolution is ter- televised. It is on, you get to see video all day. Online, some of it is, you know, warning, graphic, and uh, you get to see a woman's corpse in the back of a pickup truck. Uh, it's not often you get to see war unfold live on TV or online. We got to see that, and it was infuriating. But as an American, I don't think I was ever as infuriated as I was yesterday watching. Uh, I think we have uh, uh, we have a video here, Producer Brian. I don't know if the sound is clear, but a, a demonstration down the middle of, I think it's Avenue of the Americas in uh, Manhattan, of it looks like thousands 
of supporters of Hamas. Now, again, you could say, I sympathize with the Palestinian people. I sympathize with the with the civilian. You pick that day, the day after the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. That's the day you want to announce your support for Hamas. These are I, I, they might not all be Americans, but these are mostly Americans going out on the street to support the organization, the outfit the terrorist outfit that killed nine Americans, that killed 800 Israelis, that is holding Americans hostage. And their fellow Americans took to the streets of, uh, you, you name it, of many, many major cities, including New York City. I was in New York City a week ago. I'm looking at it right now. It is sickening. A video of people marching, waving. Oh, they're back today. This is live. We're live in New York City, a rally, a pro-Palestinian rally. Again, I've seen lots of crazy stuff in New York. You see lots of protests. Half of them, you don't even know what the hell they're protesting. I'm looking at it now. There's a lot of cops there, too, looking for tr expecting trouble. Um, you pick this day to show your support for the maggots, for the monsters that just Flew the little, the little hang gliders, whatever, paragliders over the wall. Went to a music festival and shot dead people, 20, 22, three-year-old people who were just dancing. You picked this day to celebrate the people who went into homes and shot whole families. Took hostages. Hell, they, they took a, a Holocaust survivor. They made her pose with a gun and they took a picture with her. These are sick people these are savages and maybe they don't represent all 2.3 million people in the gaza uh, in gaza but they're the reason <laughs> they they attacked this was a terrorist attack and i just don't get it i don't understand it it's it's lost on me how you could find one shred of support or sympathy there are there's got to be i don't know i'm looking at 500 people right now in new york city 2.13 p.m. Eastern Time, singing, waving flags, and cheering for the for Hamas. This is like, again, if this were 9-12-2001, this would be like having a rally in support of Al-Qaeda. This would be like uh, after the marathon bombing, the next day, supporting uh, Al-Qaeda or ISIS. They're supporting Hamas in New York City, and they're proud of it. God. It's, it's, this is, I mean, the whole weekend is very, very uh, disturbing. But they have, they have the headgear, they have the flags, they have the signs. They're supporting the people who shot children in the face. That's what we're dealing with right now. Truly insane. And that is your uh, covenant <coughs> for Hamas. They want to uh, kill the Jews who are hiding behind rocks and trees. And that's just one line. There's a lot of lines like that. I didn't know that the Rotary Club and the Lions Club were part of the, uh, were uh, with the evil, whatever, Zionists. But uh, apparently that's what they think in Hamas. That's what they voted for. They also have a call to jihad. They want to, uh, uh, jihad becomes the duty of every Muslim. In the face of Jews' usurpation, it is compulsory that the banner of jihad be raised. 
I'm sorry. This at some point we have to say you vote for this, you pay the consequences. It's going to get ugly. That's all I know today. All I know is it's just beginning. Yeah, uh, Israel has just called up 300,000 reservists. They have tanks at the border. They're ready to go in. A ground invasion is coming. You are going to find there are going to be lots of dead civilians. There's going to be lots of casualties. Then here in America, they'll have more rallies and we'll have more politicians like AOC and Ayanna Presley and Jamal Bowman uh, showing their support uh, for, uh, for Hamas and the people of Gaza. But uh, speaking of Jamal Bowman, that fire alarm thing just went away, huh? <laughs> just nobody even mentions it. What a, what a, he pulls a fire alarm. Norm, you, me, anyone would get uh, arrested. Probably have to do some jail time, pay a big fine. He pulls a fire alarm to delay a vote. And we just move on. Remarkable. Uh, speaking of which, before we get back to the big story. Ooh, Israel now reporting 100 bodies found in a hostage standoff. So they're killing hostages. Great. This is, uh, they're killing hostages in Gaza. And in New York, they're cheering for that. God, what a shameful day. What a shameful day. I heard more than one person say that, uh, it's, it's shameful. It's embarrassing that we don't have a speaker of the house while this, while this war is raging. And I, I'm like, what? So what? What is? How does that matter? The uh, speaker of the house. There'll be a speaker of the house later this week. It'll be Jim Jordan. Uh, the other guys have peeled off. It's down to a two-man race, and the media Democrats are going to use it and say, "Oh, we it's chaos in the house. It's not chaos. It's how, this is how it's supposed to work." Kevin McCarthy made promises. He lied. He didn't keep his word. He's out. The next guy will be, he'll be more conservative, he'll be less swampy, and he'll be more accountable. I like it. That's the way it's supposed to work. I don't think they should have taken a week off, but I think by the end of this week, we're all going to look back and say, what was the big deal? Kevin McCarthy failed. He promised one thing. He was counting on support from Democrats because Nancy Pelosi told him she would... He would, she would have his back. She lied to him. Kevin McCarthy believed her. That's on Kevin McCarthy. He's a chump. He believed Nancy Pelosi would have his back. That's why he tweeted out, bring it on. He thought the Democrats would support him. They didn't. They voted with Gates. McCarthy's out. Hopefully Jordan's in and we move on. That's, that's the way it goes. I, I, I love this idea that Gates wasn't supposed to do it. Okay, so McCarthy could lie to him. Gates is supposed to just look the other way and say, well, we had a deal. He broke it. But, you know, I don't want chaos. Good for Gates. I think he did the right thing. And I think we will get a better speaker. All right. Can we go back to the phones here, Brian? Do we have Johnny in Hamilton? Oh, we got to take a break. Hang on there, Johnny. We will get to you. All right, 800-922-6680 is the number. I want to go back to the calls. Let's go to Johnny in Hamilton. Hey, Johnny. Don. Hey, what's going on? So uh, I just want to just pose on the uh, Colonel Mills. He took a lot of my thunder away. But all roads lead to Peking. Really? They are, they're surrogates, Tehran. Putin is a surrogate. 
Israel needs to go with a hard footprint in Gaza and root them all out. I think I think they're about to do that, Johnny. And then the other thing they have to do, they have to fully mobilize their IDF. I'm, I'm a little conversing with the IDF. In a whole week, they can have over 2 million under arm. Strengthen that northern border so Hezbollah don't get into it. Then Netanyahu is going to have even a stronger government because of this. Change the basic law where you can have the death penalty. The only person that ever was executed in Israel was Eichmann with military tribunals. Get the money men that are in Gaza, meaning the financiers where they got the conduits, and threaten them with the death penalty. They'll squeal on the Iranians and the Chinese. Um, it's it's going to get ugly, and uh, I think um, it's only just begun here. And uh, I'll be curious if they did that. I mean, they're going to go into Gaza any minute now. And then you're going to hear a lot of people on the left in this country, a lot of people on the streets in this country screaming about apartheid, and calling them Nazis and everything else. But uh, I don't think they care. I don't think they care. I think at this point, Netanyahu, I think, is just Israelis in general, people, average people on the street. They want to take real drastic measures, and they're about to, and it's going to get nasty. And uh, I support them 100%. Thanks, Johnny. Let's go to uh, Gary in Kingsville, Maryland. Hi, Gary. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Um, it just, just, I, was, I called about Robert Kennedy Jr., but what, since you're talking about Hamas right here at the moment, I'll throw my two cents in. I'm really surprised after all that Israel has gone through with those people. That, you know, I, I'm surprised that they haven't. What's that black box that everybody has to go visit in Mecca every year and walk around? And, uh, I'm surprised Israel hasn't dropped a bomb on that thing. <laughs> but anyway, that, I, I don't think they're going to go there. But well, why not? Um, I mean, why are we why you why play by rules when you're when you have an enemy that knows no rules? Sooner or later, you just have to kind of get down to their level and say, we're going to put we're going to put an end to this. But at any rate, I was calling about Robert Kennedy Jr. Yes, and, and if you have, if you missed it, he's declared he was he is running yeah. as an independent. He just uh, told a crowd in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, unfortunately for RFK Jr., um, I don't think he's going to make a lot of headlines today. He's just uh, it's no. a bad day to make the big announcement. And, and contrary to what I think I heard you say, I assuming that he goes through with this and gets into the race, I don't think he's going to hurt Trump even a little bit. I mean, certainly, are, are there some anti-Trumpers? Absolutely. But I don't think Robert Kennedy's going to add to that number. Robert Kennedy is, is an impressive young man. Uh, he, he certainly has run a very long, strong campaign against vaccines. But even, even though he had done that for a while and established himself in that role, as soon as you had something like this mysterious COVID come along, Everybody lined up and got vaccines. I mean, that, that's, I don't think that's that big a deal. No, but see, see but, the man but Gary, Gary, yeah. he's the ultimate anti-vaccine guy, right? I mean, you, I understand. and think of yeah. Trump supporters. I mean, Biden supporters, they're all they're in line right now for the 17th booster. Those are Biden supporters. They hate him because he's anti-vaccine. Uh, Trump supporters are, are not. They're, they're skeptics. 
So if you're a vaccine skeptic drawn to RFK, that's taken away from Trump. I just don't think that we need some. The world is on fire. We need someone who knows what they're doing in a situation like this. And no disrespect to Mr. Kennedy. He's never held elective office. I have no idea whether he has any core of support anywhere. The Democrats don't even seem to like him. Well, they hate him, but... You, you have to be that's... prepared to come into that office and, and take action. He and ch- uh, he Gary, he's not going to win. We're not talking about oh. President RFK. We're talking about who does he hurt as a third-party candidate. By the way, have you seen or heard anything from Cornell West in the last month? He's just disappeared. So this is okay. the most prominent third-party candidate, and I think, unfortunately, he hurts Trump because he agrees with Trump on the big issues of the day. And you're right, vaccine is one of them, censorship, the war, the border. He agrees with Trump on all those things. So that means yeah, he but, but draws Biden people has, away from Biden, Trump. I think most people, other than a very fringe level, are going to hold Biden responsible for just about everything that's going on today. And they, knew, they know that we need somebody right now who can do something about that and they're not going to go. They're not going to vote for Kennedy over over Trump. Trump well, has proven what he can do. We need to, we need a few mean tweets right now. Of course, I'm with you. I'm going to vote for him. I, I'll vote for anybody who runs against Biden. We're talking about who lose who who does RFK hurt more, Biden or Trump? Uh, I think it's Biden. Trump. Trump and RFK are both anti-establishment. They're both, and Joe Biden is the ultimate establishment candidate. He's the ultimate deep state swamp creature. So Biden versus Trump, and if you have people that don't like either of them, and they're against the war, and they want to close, they, they want to close the border, and they're against, you know, ma- man, vaccine mandates, that's going to hurt Trump. Unfortunately, they're going to be not going to be huge numbers, but the race is close. I don't think. Unfortunately, I think it hurts Trump. But thanks for the call. All right. 800-922-6688 is our number. This is The Rob Carson Show. I'm Jerry Callahan. We'll be right back. Six six three zero is our number. Let's go to uh, Mike in Nottingham. Hey, Mike. Hi, sir. Uh, I have to agree with your last caller. I believe that uh, the American people know what they got under President Trump. They had secure borders. Uh, they had energy independence. They're going to get uh, that and dominance. Uh, they're going to get low inflation again. Uh, the the cost of uh, Gas is going to be cut in half. Uh, they uh, hate what they've gotten under Biden. Uh, I believe that uh, President Trump will keep the 74 million votes he got, and he'll increase that to a minimum of 85 million votes 85. nationwide. And I believe uh, if it, if uh, Kennedy draws from any, anybody, it'll be from Biden. Uh, why? Well, I mean, I'm not. T- I, I believe me. I will support Trump. I will vote for Trump. We're, the question is, who does JFK, RFK hurt? And he I think it's Biden. clear. He's why? He's sick of Biden. Uh, but that, that's nothing Biden. to do with it. Um, and that's not the point, Mike. It's not the point. You, you have two candidates. You have an undecided voter. Maybe he doesn't like either of them. 
he agrees with uh, RFK agrees with Trump on the big issues, the war, the border, vaccines, uh, censorship. So if you're torn, you don't agree with Biden on any of those things. You agree with Trump, but you don't like Trump personally, or maybe you think he's too old, or maybe you think he's going to be in jail or something. Maybe you have your reasons. You're not going to vote for Biden, but you would vote for RFK. And the other problem, I think, I've said this before, is I think there's a possibility that being RFK Jr. supporter is going to be cool. You know, like Joe Rogan or Bill Maher, someone like that will make it cool. He can't win, and you don't look at it as, I'm going to stop Trump by voting for RFK. You just want to sit there and say, yeah, I'm, I'm a thoughtful independent, and I'm an anti-establishment guy. Trump and RFK are both anti-establishment. So he's going to split that vote. It might be 90-10 but he will still draw some votes away from Trump, which is too bad. It really is. And as I said, the media is suddenly going to take an interest in RFK because he's not going to hurt their guy as much. They'll put him on TV. They'll talk him up. They'll present him as an alternative to Trump. That's a problem. Trump is too popular to, to have votes drawn okay, away. Have you seen the polls? They're close. Okay. He's leading usually okay. two, three, four points. Is that, is that good enough for you? We're going to have to see the polls when uh, all three uh, are uh, being true together. True. And give the media a few weeks of propping up RFK and saying what a brilliant guy he is now that he's not a direct threat to their guy. And you'll see. I don't know what it takes. I think. Uh, uh, what did Ross Perot get? Like 19 percent? I think it's going to. You know, I, I don't think he can get that much. But if he could get 10 and he could and, and take two or three points away from Trump, then it's it's a problem. Unfortunately, I think he's going to take, take it away from Biden. Biden's disliked. OK, that's not the OK. Forget it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Let's go to Peter and Park Parkville. Hey, Peter. Good afternoon, sir. Good, you t- good, good afternoon. afternoon. Uh, I'm living life large. I tell you, um, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. That being said, I haven't heard my opinion from anyone, and that is that I'm sure uh, by now uh, President Trump has already had a phone conversation with Mr. Kennedy, and I don't see anything wrong uh, if Mr. Trump um, asks Mr. Kennedy to be his running mate. What okay, that's that? that's not going to happen, Peter. Why it's not, not? going to happen because RFK what, Jr. What, is a Democrat. He's a pro-abortion, pro-Green New Deal Democrat. Yeah. He already said he wouldn't be on a ticket with Trump, and Trump has better choices. Trump has to pick a conservative. Well, he certainly has good choices. However, that would be a one-two punch. That would put everything to rest. Really? You think a lot of hardcore conservatives, hard-right conservatives, want a guy who's uh, pro-abortion and pro-Green New Deal? He's talked in the past about putting... He's talked in the past about putting climate skeptics in prison. I I don't think that's going to fly. I understand. You don't think different people have different points of view? I mean, in every administration, that has been the case. But there is a president and there's a vice president. Okay. Well, there's no uh, there's no different points of view for Democrats. They agree on everything. There's no I mean, even if it's 
the endless war. About the Democrats. Okay, you just said every they're, administration, they're they have differences. No, I'm, no, who cares about Democrats? I mean, they're pure communists, as far as I'm concerned. You know, who, who in the world cares about Democrats? I mean, you well, have to be brain dead to be a, a, a Democrat. And, and even if you are, I'm sure, I'm sure this time around, a lot of Democrats are going to jump ship because they see the writing on the wall. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. We will see, yeah. uh, Peter. No, but faith, uh, brother. I will give you. I will. I will give you my. I do my updated odds on the VP pick every few weeks. Mm-hmm. My latest. I get the favorite is Byron Donalds, yes. who's who's smart. He's articulate. He's uh, excellent. Yes. Excellent. And Trump. Trump will like. He will like the Donald Donalds thing. He likes stuff like that. And plus, Donald Byron Donalds is big and imposing looking. Trump likes that. He picks. He hires people on looks sometimes. Number two, J.D. Vance. Maybe underestimating. Okay, let me do my list. Okay, thank you for the call. Thank you. Um, um, Number two, J.D. Vance, who would hopefully deliver Ohio. He's smart as hell. He's tough. He agrees with Trump, and he's he'd be good in a debate. Good on the stump. Carrie Lake. I used to think she was uh, had a much better chance. I don't think so much anymore. I don't view her as uh, a leading um, uh, a leading candidate to be VP. Maybe, maybe Trump's. You know, he likes her. And then uh, Kim Reynolds would be four, and then uh, is number five on my list. That's who I'm rooting for. That'd be so great. That'd be so wild to see Tucker Carlson debate Kamala Harris. <laughs> That would be wonderful. All right. Well, I want to get to uh, I want to get back to Harvard and back to students and protesters who are supporting Hamas. I, I am genuinely baffled by this. I understand, you know, that's it's kind of trendy among the left to support the Palestinians and, and hate the Israelis. But this is not the time. This is not the place. I got a story about a, a Brandeis University professor and what he's going through and Larry Summers, you know, Larry Summers is former president of Harvard, just denounced this school, his alum, his alma mater, the place he used to run on Twitter, said he has never felt more betrayed by Harvard. We'll get to that and lots more. This is the Rob Carson Show. I am Jerry Callen. We'll be right back. This is unbelievable. Our president just released a statement, a video, where he's bragging about uh, all the new part-time jobs we added in September. And oh, he's lying again. Oh, Joey. He says, Joey, your job's more than a paycheck. Whenever he talks about his dad, you know he's lying. Uh, and he said, honey, it's going to be okay. The same garbage he's always spewing. He's lying about the economy, which is what he does every day. Nothing. Let me see how long this is. This thing is 30 seconds long. Nothing on Israel. Nothing on Hamas. Nothing on the nine Americans who were slaughtered. Nothing on the Americans who were being held hostage. Just bragging about new jobs and Bidenomics. What an embarrassment. They called a lid at, I believe, 11.30 or 12. Nothing from the president in perhaps the most dire foreign policy issue since he's been president. He, he, he paid for this attack on Israel. Uh, it happened. Uh, 900 uh, Israelis are dead. Uh, nine Americans are dead. Americans are being held hostage. 
and our president had a cookout yesterday. I bet he had a lot of ice cream too. I bet he had I bet he had a hot dog with ketchup on it, and then he had some ice cream, and then he went to bed. That's what he did with the Middle East on fire. Is there anything that he can do that doesn't humiliate us as a nation? That is incredible. Babbling on about jobs, jobs. We added part-time jobs. It's not even a good jobs report, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care, and neither do these these people. It's it's <sighs> Netanyahu speaking and talking about the imminent invasion. Uh, Congress people are speaking. Senators, got world leaders, uh, Trudeau. World leaders are chiming in. Nothing from the commander in chief of the United States. Truly, truly embarrassing. Uh, well, we told you about Harvard earlier. I told you about all the people who are cheering for Hamas the day after Hamas slaughtered 900 civilians, 260 people at a music festival, most of them young people just dancing, slaughtered them, went into homes, kicked in the doors, killed parents and kids, shot kids in the face. That's what they did. And then they paraded the naked bodies of some of the women around Gaza. Uh, the next day, they were marching in American cities supporting the terrorists. Truly a shameful day in America. That day, Congress people were tweeting about how we needed a ceasefire after they killed 900 civilians. Before they responded, we need a ceasefire. Truly a disgraceful day in the Congress. Um, Harvard, uh, I, I went through the numbers earlier. Harvard has 57 student groups. They're listed. 57 student groups who um, expressed their support for Palestinian terrorists. At least 57 student groups blamed Israel for the Palestinian terrorist organization Hamas killing, this says 600. Uh, this was last night. It's now up to 900, I believe. And they released this joint statement, quote, We, the undersigned student organization, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for the unfolding violence. A joint statement by scores of Harvard student groups says. That is incredible. Harvard is such an embarrassment. They really are. I mean, I can I could list the names, the ways. They hired Liz Warren. They hired Brian Steltner. They hired Bill de Blasio. <laughs> it is such a joke. Uh, well, former president of Harvard, Lawrence Summers, just tweeted... In nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I have never been as disillusioned and alienated as I am today. It's going to spread, by the way. It's going to become cool on college campuses to wave a Palestinian flag and to take the side of Hamas. I just hope it doesn't happen at Brandeis, which is also just outside of Boston, a radical left-wing indoctrination factory. But it's got a number of Jewish students and faculty. In fact, a professor at Harvard, this is really disturbing. This is uh, uh, from Boston's uh, Fox affiliate. They, they write, um, Brandeis professor Elon Trone is looking back at the moment his daughter and son-in-law were killed in the Israeli attacks. Quote, this is not a normal war. It isn't like there's a front and a rear. We were on the phone with Deborah as she was killed. Trone said Monday morning in an interview with CNN, his son-in-law, Shlomi Matias, was also killed. 
Trone's 16-year-old grandson was also in Israel, and he hid under his mother's body for a brief time before moving to a shelter and being found. So a 16-year-old hid under his mother's body and survived. This is a professor's daughter, murdered, a civilian, a, a woman, murdered by a Hamas terrorist. And I could just predict on this campus, I mean, they're, they're no different than Harvard. They're going to be no different than Brown or Columbia. They're all going to have these factions of Hamas supporters. They're all going to have statements from student groups saying they support the terrorists. It's just sick. It is beyond sick. That's why it's going to get it's going to get more contentious. There's going to be fights in the street. There already are you know counter protests to the to the Hamas supporters in New York screaming. They're out there today. They're out there right now, and they're already fighting. And the counteroffensive hasn't even begun. And Hamas is threatening to kill hostages, more hostages. It's just sick. It's insane. It's uh, going to get much, much worse before it gets better. I fear. And uh, it's coming here. It's coming here. As I mean, just look at the odds. There's been six and a half million people come over the border under uh, Joe Biden. There'll be another two to three million. We'll be up by 10 million people coming across the southern border since Biden's been in office. It's his policy. He wants an open border. He wants chaos. He wants a whole new electorate in 2028. I shouldn't say he people who control him, the people who control the dementia patient in the White House want to change the electorate. They want to turn Texas and Arizona blue. And this is their strategy. Open the border, let them in. So if we found 151 suspected terrorists uh, crossing the border this year alone, again, 2019, zero suspected terrorists crossed the border. 2023, 151 so far. How many do they not catch? You see that we see the uh, caravans. It's mostly military aged men. Many of them from Middle East. Many of them are Muslim. Many of them are uh, uh, Hamas supporters. It has to be. That's just the odds. What, uh, will anyone be surprised if we don't get hit here? I mean, it wasn't exactly the most advanced, technologically advanced uh, attack. They flew little paragliders and they stormed the border a thousand of them that's it a thousand and this is the havoc they wreaked this is the death and destruction they brought to israel and uh it's uh and we're just all waiting for the counteroffensive. it is going to get really bad and really tense in this country because there are people who are not just okay with this they're plotting it they think it's wonderful it's remarkable. And the White House, by the way, still hasn't refrozen the money. The, uh, as far as we know, Iran still has access to the $6 billion. And uh, they're going to use it the way they always use it to, uh, to, to advance, to support, to finance terror on a large scale. This is not good, people. This is not good. But uh, we will be here. We'll be watching it. And uh, we'll be right back. I, we made it through. I didn't think it was possible, but um, I am Jerry Callahan. I am in for Rob Carson today. I'm hoping to be in tomorrow, but I'm going to get myself some tea and some honey 
and some voice rest. I got to stop yelling at the TV. It's funny. I didn't yell at the TV during all the NFL games I watched. I just yelled at the TV when they showed uh, Hamas supporters marching in the streets of American cities. I just yelled at the TV when uh, our Congress people came out and demanded a ceasefire before Israel had fired a shot. God, what, a, what just, I mean, we have, we have just evil among us. We really do. But uh, we'll be watching. We'll be waiting. The whole thing is about to explode. Um, I'm going to do my best to be back here tomorrow. If not, I got a podcast. It's called The Jerry Callahan Show. You can find it on Newsmax.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to everyone for listening and for calling. Thank you, Brian. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Rob Carson Show, and hopefully we will see you tomorrow.